Great Bishop and the Council Roundup. The Council Roundup brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to Head West. Their downtown location open for lunch. Head West Subs. 7-11 now in the capital city. Sun's peeking through after a bit of rain this morning and overnight. Could see another uh, continued chance of showers and storms today. Last night's council meeting, about an hour and 50 minutes. I'd say it's a, a good, solid meeting, and there's a lot to get to. A broad variety of issues. Citizens addressing the council with some serious concerns that we'll definitely get to coming up. Stay tuned. Uh, we've also got uh, a discussion about gambling and about the fire department uh, and so much more. Uh, it's all on the way. But first, let's hear a pitch from a vendor in front of the Springfield City Council looking to sell the city on a uh, program that they're offering up. Here's uh, the presentation. Um, uh, my name is Dan Murdoch. I work with Flock Safety. Um, the city of Springfield uh, has been looking at license plate reading cameras to help the police department um, understand um, what vehicles are moving through town, which ones uh, have committed crimes and used that for their investigations, as well as get alerts when stolen vehicles, uh, vehicles that are tied to warrants, open investigations are, are moving through town. More cameras uh, in the city of Springfield possible. And uh, Springfield's already toyed around with uh, the license plate cameras. Uh, and uh, Dan Murdoch with this company uh, talking a bit about the you know the, the options that there are out there and uh, continues making a sales pitch. Um, we work with more than 50 cities around the state, including some, some large ones in your area like, uh, like Decatur. But uh, what are the costs? If you don't go with a company like Murdoch's company, I instead have the city try to do it all on its own, get its own cameras to have special technology set up. Well, Murdoch had that answer. They found about $27,000 to buy their own camera, get it installed, run power, run internet the whole nine yards. And he was like, this is crazy. So uh, Murdoch's company uh, has has the the answer, he says. So he's actually uh, in the past five years, the company's developed and it's grown, and they've uh, uh, had clients all across the country, and they worked with one client, a sheriff down in Texas, uh, and were able to advance the company even further after some help. Um, and he actually helped uh, our company get hooked into the NCIC database, which is the federal database of all stolen vehicles, uh, warrants, a couple other items like that. And they started picking up stolen vehicles and things along those lines. And the company expanded. So what does the company ultimately offer? Well, it's not just uh, red light cameras. It's not uh, necessarily only um, license plate cameras. Uh, these are cameras that are uh, motion sensitive and they capture more than just the license plate. They can capture the type of vehicle, the color, and whether there's any stickers on it. So a uh, uh, witness no longer has to see a crime be like, that license plate was XR43. They can say, I saw a red car leaving the scene with an Uber sticker on it. And the, the police are, will be able to go back to those images, um, pick the camera, pick the time frame, and search for all the red Toyota cars with with stickers in that 10 minutes. We'll get those returns, um, and then basically be able to build a lead off of that, and then work the investigation with that evidence. So that's really at the heart of what uh, what uh, the city is looking at. Uh, it comes to, with these with these cameras. Now the pitch. 
you're only dealing with one single company here, any issues or any maintenance things, that is all flock responsibility. The city is not responsible for any maintenance of these cameras. And uh, more information. You're actually, uh, actually just purchasing the information coming out of the cameras, not the camera itself. So flock is responsible for installing the camera, make sure it's running, an issue happens with the camera, you're not out thousands of dollars on a hardware purchase. Flock just comes and either hangs a new camera or fixes it on our own. Um, so this is uh, so we sell this as a service, not as a capital-intensive purchase. But wait, there's more. And any camera that an HOA or a business or uh, or any sort of community group purchases uh, that goes into your jurisdiction, your city will get access to it for free. And we have a lot of cities here in Illinois that actually don't pay Flock a cent. Uh, places like Naperville and uh, Plainfield and Northbrook don't actually pay Flock a cent. They just access the cameras that uh, HOAs or business have bought in their in their uh, in their area. So again, to reset. This is a vendor in front of the Springfield City Council last night, uh, looking to give the council more information about technology that the city's police department's looking at possibly getting. Uh, it's a camera system. Uh, it's different than just uh, license plate camera readers. Uh, it's uh, It takes a, an entire snapshot of the vehicle entirety. Uh, so you can look at the vehicle type, the color, whether it's got stickers, and also the license plate. Um, but he had talked about as well the, the mutual agreements that could be had with other municipalities across the state that have the subscription service that this company is offering. Uh, and Springfield could tap into all these other state, uh, all these if other cities. If your requests to access their cameras, like Decatur has 60 of these, um, and they accept that, you'd be able to access those cameras just like they're your own. So being able to... Um, work with the surrounding communities um, that uh, have these cameras in place to to track different uh, entities as they move around. And he rattled off a whole bunch of other places. Technology. Um, I mean, you said Decatur. Yeah, uh, Rantoul, Harvey, um, uh, Will County Sheriff's Department, Joliet, uh, Crest Hill, Shorewood, um, Frankfurt, Mokina, Monee, New Lenox, um, Lombard, South Barrington, Cary, uh, McHenry County, okay, okay. Kendall County. We get the point. You're, you've got a lot of these all over the state. Uh, but what about civil liberty concerns, right? I mean, you're just going to start taking pictures of every vehicle that's uh, entering into Springfield and getting a description of the vehicle and all that? I mean, I know it's on open public roads, but come on. After 30 days, if the, if the city or the police department has not saved an image, that image is purged and it's gone, gone. Um, so uh, after uh, after 30 days, so this isn't something like you can go back years or anything like that with some other like. So, so our police department though has the ability to download the pictures and then we can save them independently from your servers. Correct. All right. So it doesn't really get purged. It could be saved by the local police department or housing authority or. Whoever has access to these cameras, but more to the civil liberty concerns, at least from the company's perspective, that's making the sales pitch in front of the city council. So, um, this isn't also, uh, and there is no reselling this data, period. So um, this isn't something like where we're monetizing your citizens. Um, every capture is only there for 30 days unless uh, law enforcement deems it necessary for an investigation. And the city of Springfield owns the data, so we are there is no reselling it to analytics companies or real estate or anything like that. 
How much are we talking here? What's 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 the cost? Uh, let's get to the bottom line. How much is this going to cost taxpayers if Springfield Police want to take it on? We are not. This is not a capital intensive purchase. This is a subscription model, and it is twenty five hundred dollars per camera a year. Oh. Doesn't matter if you're an HOA that gets one camera or you're a city that gets uh, two hundred fifty cameras. They're two thousand five hundred dollars, and that includes everything. Wow. All right, so twenty five hundred bucks a year uh, for this for this camera. It's a subscription service, and you get all their uh, the bells and whistles with it as well. Um, how much does it cost to put it in? There's a one time install fee of two hundred fifty dollars per camera, uh, but that actually rolls off after the first year. But other than that, um, the city should not see any additional charges from Flock. Period. All right, so that's the sales pitch that Alderman heard last night. It'd be interesting to see how many cameras the Springfield police are interested in buying uh, and what the ultimate cost is going to be and if that's going to come back up in front of the city council. A lot more to get to here with the council roundup, uh, including citizens addressing the committee uh, of the whole, and some of them have just uh, very troubling stories to share. We'll get to that a little bit later on. Back with the Council Roundup, brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to Head West. Their downtown location, open for lunch, Head West Subs. Now 723 in the capital city, I'm Greg Bishop. Wake up bright and early Wednesday mornings, well, way before the sun comes up, and uh, download the council meeting, whether it's 90 minutes or four hours. I listen to it as quick as I can, and I highlight some of what's happened last night and bring it to you for the council roundup. Um, some of the discussion about gambling. Uh, we've uh, heard a lot of back and forth about gambling machines and bars and restaurants and truck stops and people wanting to put them in salons. And uh, We just have a, a, a proliferation of gambling machines in Springfield. And I've seen some studies showing that Springfield uh, is the largest uh, video gaming jurisdiction in the state. Uh, with all of the numbers of terminals we have uh, for video gambling. But can we have more gambling? There is a resolution at uh, Springfield City Council to uh, have a, uh, a Springfield casino. Uh, and this is something, of course, the state legislature would have to approve. Uh, but we really haven't seen much movement on any new casinos after a couple of years ago, the legislature approving several, not in Springfield. But with a resolution on the agenda, it prompted people to speak to the city council. And here's a pastor who addressed the city last night. Jim McGill, and I am a resident of Rochester and a minister at a large Presbyterian church located in Springfield's Ward Number Five. He uh, talked about some of the uh, uh, some of the issues when it comes to gambling. I understand we are considering whether a casino might be added for the good of this city. And as one whose profession gives regular thought to what constitutes the good, I have a few thoughts on this. What are those thoughts? Well, um, how about, uh, you know, the the idea of the misconceptions that there may be, that it'll spur on all kinds of tourism, it'll bring in a lot of money, it'll produce wealth, and so on. Here's the pastor. A casino does not create a single dollar of new value. It simply shuffles existing wealth from one set of hands to another, which rules it out immediately as an engine for true economic growth. But we still might do well to ask, which hands? Do we at least shuffle dollars into better places? Well, you, you can't deny that there would be an increase of activity with maybe conventions. If we had a, a, a casino, we could possibly bring in some conventions and attract them that way. And, and then that would bring in more business for the, the, the restaurants and the shops and so on. So 
I mean, you got to look at the entire picture, but uh, the pastor does make a, a, a pretty interesting point here about who exactly is going to be attracted to a Springfield casino. People are not going to travel from across the nation to gamble in Springfield, Illinois, or even across our own state. They won't come from the St. Louis metro area because there's already a casino in Alton. They won't even come from Peoria because they've got one right next door already, too. Two groups of patrons will spend their time in a Springfield casino. One is people traveling here for some other reason, like government, medicine, or education, perhaps. Those people are going to look around for something to do at the end of the day. And our question should be, do we want them spending their visitor dollars at restaurants, entertainment venues, and attractions owned and run by Springfield area business persons? Do we want them spending their time and money on the cultural and historical sites unique to us here? Or would we prefer they bypass all the native Springfield businesses and spend their money at an establishment owned by some out-of-state investment group that funnels most of those profits elsewhere? Some interesting points. Uh, more about uh, who would be attracted to this. As I pointed out, we're not going to fill a Springfield casino with movie stars and rich Wall Street bankers. It's going to be locals keeping this afloat. Now, I don't know if you've ever looked at a map of where lottery tickets are sold, but I have, and it is illuminating. The highest sales are reliably in the lowest income zip codes. So, pretty strong arguments uh, in opposition of uh, supporting a casino. What about the overall costs? Who's going to ultimately be impacted by this? More from the pastor last night. It's not free money for the community. It's money from the community. And it comes at a cost, the cost of making the success of our economy dependent on persuading people to make economic decisions they cannot afford while tearing away business from our own local entrepreneurs and producers. So to reset here, we're hearing from a pastor opposing a resolution at Springfield City Council that would support a casino for Springfield. That resolution would be sent to the Illinois State House, and then they would do whatever they want with it. And they could, you know, crumble it up, throw it in the trash, and not act on it. Or they could uh, hastily put together a bill that says, yeah, we're going to give a casino to the Springfield. Doubt that's going to happen before May 31st. But this resolution in Springfield City Council was in the lump of ordinances that remain in committee. So it was not in front of the committee of the whole last night in an effort to put it on the debate or the consent agenda. It was one of those that was being held in committee. But it also had a date that it could have been brought up today. Or last night. Because it's a committee of the whole. They can always dip back into those uh, that bucket of ordinances that remain in committee and pull them out. So that's why you had people there last night addressing that. Alderman Hanauer questioning, uh, you know, they're not really moving on this right now. So. I mean, I can appreciate them wanting to come up and talk, and, and, yeah. and they're certainly welcome to. But, but you know, if this comes out in a couple of weeks or whatever, um, they'll be back at uh, the council meeting, you know. Uh, well, maybe we should take it to a vote tonight, then, if we can. We're not voting on anything. Huh? It's a committee of the whole meeting. We're not voting yeah. on anything. Well, to put it on either debate or, or the uh, consent agenda. And they didn't do that. But there were still others who wanted to speak, including Anita Bedell. She's with Illinois Church Action Against Alcohol and Addiction. She is an opponent of increasing amount of gambling in Springfield and says that uh, there's a lot of cost to it. Two years ago, um, there was a headline in the State Journal Register that read, Langfelder seeks emergency passage of the casino resolution. 
At that time, there was a massive gambling expansion bill before the General Assembly. <coughs> Excuse me, and it included six land-based casinos, including one for Danville in Chicago, casinos at racetracks, but no casino for Springfield. These casinos are still in the process of getting licensed and none have been opened. Right now, the legislature is considering internet gambling, uh, sports gambling, and many other forms of gambling, but no additional casinos. So, um, yeah, I think that's a fair point, right? I mean, a couple of years ago, they approved all of these uh, new casinos, and uh, those that were approved, they're not open and operating quite yet. Uh, but there is a cost to having gambling expand in Illinois, in Springfield, Anita Bedell said. Area residents lost $4.7 million in the video gambling machines in Springfield. That's one month, $4.7 million. And since the video gambling was legalized in Springfield, area residents have lost $224 million in the city in these gambling machines. And, you know, again, you got to really, uh, words do mean something. And when she says lost, that's the person putting the money into the machine, right? But that money is then siphoned off into multiple different ways. The state gets a cut. The local government gets a cut. And the gaming vendor gets a cut, and the local establishment gets a cut. So that money's not lost, it's just transferred to taxes and to the pockets of the vendors and the uh, establishment owner. So just so everybody understands, you know, the the money just doesn't evaporate, it does go elsewhere. Uh, But again, Springfield City Council did not advance that measure at all, but uh, still hearing from those individuals last night. Um, Coming up, we got citizens addressing the council, a bit of back and forth about fire department contracts with other municipalities and other governments, uh, and so much more. It's right here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. The council roundup brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head West. So last night, um, they heard a bunch of different ordinances, putting them on consent, putting them on debate. One in particular deals with uh, contracts and mutual aid agreements that the city of Springfield has with its fire department and other jurisdictions. And here's uh, the clerk, Frank Lesko, laying out an ordinance that's up for consideration. 2021-210, an ordinance authorizing execution of a contract with the Board of Trustees of the University of Illinois for fire protection services from July 1st, 2021 through June 30th, 2022. So, something that they do every year or so, and they have these contracts and uh, has costs associated and whatnot. But uh, all of this while uh, Alderwoman Conley raising, uh, again, concerns that she has with recent uh, reductions in the budget for the Springfield Fire Department. Uh, and she says, is there a way to recoup some of those costs with some of these uh, mutual aid agreements and these contracts with other jurisdictions? We've made some major cuts to the fire department's budget this year. Um, I was just wondering if this 3% increase is reflecting just general inflation. Honestly, I can't tell you why there's a 3% increase other than okay. unless it's just a routine amount. But this is a contract that we do annually. That's uh, with uh, somebody with the fire department there. Uh, Corporation Council Jim Zirkel. It's typically 3% because that's what the uh, that's what the uh, uh, statute allows to be increased. Um, however, I think the studies generally show that the uh, the amounts that are actually collected actually don't cover 
the total cost, you know, of providing those services. So what are some of the other uh, areas that uh, the fire department has contracts with? Yeah, we have the nine fire protection, UIS, uh, state fairgrounds, or, yeah, state fairgrounds as well. So, so just some of the uh, different types of agreements they have. Alderman Hanauer talking about firefighter costs and how they could possibly uh, shore up some of those costs, especially when it comes to sending out a whole plethora of firefighting personnel to uh, some of these areas that may need assistance. If we're getting to the point where, you know, we, we, we had to make some, some decisions, um, we should be recouping our costs. These people are not paying the same thing that the city of Springfield residents are, are paying. He threw out some numbers. He's like, say Springfield resident pays a thousand bucks and somebody that's in one of these jurisdictions only pays 300 bucks. But then he kind of corrected himself. He says he actually doesn't know what the numbers are. I, I don't know the numbers, but my question, I guess, would be, does that have to include me medical as well? Because if it isn't, maybe we need to start charging. The mayor chiming in on this, uh, talking about at least when it comes to the fairgrounds and how they can try to recoup some costs there. And so uh, we can better position that fire station. Uh, so that's one of the things we're looking at. You know, how do you provide better coverage? Uh, does it make sense to retain that? You can have a sub-recipient agreement during the fair or some activities uh, with regards to that. And maybe we'd be better off locating elsewhere. But those are all discussions that Chief Blau is currently having with the state. So I imagine we'll hear more about this possibly next week when this agreement with UIS to provide fire protection comes back uh, in front of the committee. Uh, meanwhile, new business, unfinished business. That's after they deal with all the ordinances and all the presentations. Now it's time for aldermen to express some of their concerns that maybe not have been addressed uh, or things that they've talked about before that they still feel are not being addressed. Uh, Alderwoman DeCenso with one in particular dealing with trash. I spent about two weeks trying to get an alley cleaned up. Waste management was refusing to <clears throat> pick up trash out of an alley. It was impassable by the residents um, over in Harvard Park. This is completely unacceptable. We have an ordinance in place. It's not being enforced. Um, no offense. No offense, but we shouldn't have to spend our time on these issues because we have bigger fish to fry, and this is garbage, <laughs> literally and figuratively. <laughs> so um, well played. We need to start enforcing our ordinances, especially when it comes to trash. Uh, especially this time of year when it starts getting hot and it smells and there's rodents. <laughs> this is garbage, literally and figuratively. Huh? She used that correctly. I mean, a lot of people say literally all the time, but literally they don't mean exactly what they're saying is uh, literal. Uh, meanwhile, Alderman Proctor, he has some unfinished business he wants to attend to. Note, uh, is there any update on the ordinance that uh, fly dumping, you get your car repossessed or... Um, yeah, I think it'll be ready, I think, on Friday. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. And there's there's actually three or four others, I think, that are in the same process. So. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of a bottleneck there uh, when it comes to getting these uh, requested ordinances. I think Alderman Sean Gregory, who chaired last night's Committee of the Whole, by the way, uh, Alderman Sean Gregory has been pushing for some kind of uh, police uh, oversight type of uh, ordinance, and we'll see exactly if that pops on Friday as well. Other new and unfinished business, Alderwoman Conley talking about COVID-19 mitigation and something that's in, hadn't happened in the city of Springfield, the city council chambers in quite some time. Last time an alderman went mask-free, you got a $50 fine. Around the horseshoe, most of us do not have masks on. Um, and that um, mayor, my understanding is... Um, 
anyone who has had both of their COVID shots, um, we can be, I mean, I, I have no problems. I'm a Moderna girl. Um, we can be in council chambers without our masks on. And I would just like, maybe we could amend some of the signage. Um, the sign right now says you have to wear a mask. Maybe um, just clarify if you haven't had a vaccine. Um, because I know there were some people in the audience who also had masks on but have had vaccines. So, um, And also, get your shots. They're still available very easily, very readily available. All right, so Alderman Connolly making that statement. But then we get back to the Corporation Council and this bottleneck that uh, seems to be hinted at with several big ordinances that could pop on Friday after being requested for weeks by Alderman. Uh, Alderman Hanauer, he had a question, uh, Alderman Redpath had a question about a contract with with plumbers, I believe. And what's the status of that? They're hearing some things in the background that, uh, you know, uh, there's some things going on that that needs to be addressed with this contract. And uh, here's uh, Corporation Counsel Zirkle talking about uh, some of the legal matters. And, but again, I don't want to, you know, get too deep into the weeds on the, uh, uh, you know, specific items, but I'd be happy to talk to you, uh, you know, individually. So um, that's just another issue. Alderman Hanauer saying uh, it might be time to seek some help. It may be time to go get a, a contract out there with with a legal firm to help help move things no, along. No, and I think that we'll have to we'll have to assess that. In that particular case, that's actually being handled. That particular contract's being handled uh, by one of the uh, staff people. You know, in my office. Mm-hmm. So he's got other people helping him out, but some aldermen still think that there's a bit of a bottleneck there. No, I'm not talking about just for just for that. I'm talking about overall. I mean, you're inundated and 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 I can appreciate that and it you know, and we you're you're short attorneys and that and that's what we have contracts, you know, contracts. No, no, we'll take a look at that. Sure. And I think that yeah. you know, mayor if you can look into that a little bit more too because um, the stress has got to be incredible. Just make sure that contract, though, uh, is below the $50,000 threshold, and then you'll be able to make that decision yourself, Mayor. Or if it's over $50,000, then you'll have to seek city council approval. Um, meanwhile, uh, this is kind of tough sometimes to hear some of the things that uh, uh, residents of the city bring to the city council chambers. And uh, Mr. Jones had a, uh, a troubling story he shared last night uh, in front of city aldermen and uh, took time and uh, criticized only being given five minutes to talk about his story. Uh, April 20th, 2020, 21st, rather, uh, my daughter, Yesaya Nicole, was taken by DCFS. This is about life. I don't even know why we got time running if we could talk about garbage and business. And he went on to talk about how DCFS, he claims, took his daughter, uh, did not approach him uh, after the mother of the daughter, uh, the custodian, uh, was violent and uh, apparently drugs were involved and DCFS uh, took took the child out of custody of, of the mother. Uh, Mr. Jones, who I didn't get his first name last night, but uh, uh, he, he talked about how he was not uh, part of this at all. Sangamon County Springfield Police removed my daughter without contacting me. I'm the father, supposed to go to the first relative. And he said he's been to advocates, he's been to attorneys, he's been uh, to all kinds of different avenues to try to get this rectified. And this is something that happened during COVID. And he's a father and he wants to see his child. uh, And his emotions were definitely uh, pretty raw. 
uh, and I hope he gets the help he needs. And he uh, tied up the microphone a bit and had some back and forth with Alderman, uh, but here's him walking away from the microphone. I don't want to lose my life trying to see my daughter. Thanks. We'll, we'll Just take her car. Her peace. Get her you car. Know, I want my daughter. Hopefully he gets the help he needs, uh, saying that uh, he doesn't want to lose his life trying to see his daughter. Not sure what that means, but um, definitely piques your ears. Uh, meanwhile, another uh, citizen addressing the council with a story that uh, uh, it's tough to hear. Uh, and it's a local business owner that uh, sounds like he and his family are at their wit's end. Hello, everyone. My name is Akash Gajera. Uh, my wife owns two hotels in Springfield downtown. Last Tuesday, she was uh, assaulted brutally. She was eight hours in the emergency room. She's still in trauma. My gosh. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable to hear that. Oh, frustrating. Sad statement. You know, nothing is been done. I don't see Springfield safe anymore. Ugh. I've been paying like almost 150 to $200,000 tax. And when we call the cop, they take their own time. That's, oh, my gosh. You're paying all that tax and you want to be protected. And he, he and his family don't feel protected. A local business owner, a local motel owner doesn't feel protected. He's upset, obviously. Got to be taken care. It's not safe. I don't feel safe. I apply for the uh, firearm. I, I, if, I, if this thing happened on my property, I can shoot somebody. That's how I'm pissed off. If you want to see the video, it's here. Mm. Connect it and see how she is beaten up. Ah. She is not safe to do business in the Springfield. <laughs> That's really tough to hear. Uh, and here is, uh, you know, somebody, a business owner paying taxes locally. Uh, his wife gets beaten. She's still in trauma. Uh, and uh, he applied for a firearm owner identification card, and we all know where that's at right now. So he can't even necessarily protect himself if he's in that backlog. Uh, he's upset, wouldn't you be? We are working eight, 18 hours. We are not a free rider. We paying tax. We do our Indian community never violent. Nothing. Why? Alderman Hanauer uh, shared a bit about an email he got from another hotel owner. It says they lost convention business because of the homeless population. That lost, uh, I think it was like, I can't remember, the, the, it was $16,000, $18,000 because the, the organization didn't want to come because of, because of the um, homeless around that particular. I, I lose every night two, three guests because of those guys. Every Evening is a nuisance there. We call the cop and they just raise their hand. They said, oh, now you have to go to the eviction notice or you go to the court or we can't do anything. It's a long term. It's not long term. Hotel motel is not a long term. We pay taxes for each and every guest. They help to get out if we say that. Man, uh, Alderwoman Conley um, showing some of her empathy here. I, I want you to know we have... We have failed the people who are experiencing homelessness in this community, too. Vandakash, the business owner, not having it. And I'm very they sorry. should listen to the business. We, why we lie? You know, we, we call the cop for some reason. We, it's nothing like we just call them and, you know, homeless call just like doing nothing and uh, just call the cop because they don't have next day to pay. They have chest pain. Ambulance come. Fire department come. Police come. It's thousands of dollars expense for no reason. And... Nothing. That guy stays three days in the hospital and come back home and stay again. Man. So I want to hear from you next. Uh, do you feel Springfield's not safe? 
I mean, you hear that guy's story, and it's pretty rough. 217-629-7970. And uh, as most city council meetings do, uh, Alice Rainey there to uh, uh, liven things up a bit. She talked about a house that she wants to be addressed. It's got some problems, got some uh, deficiencies, and she says it's not being addressed. Uh, here is uh, her final comments here with uh, Alderman Sean Gregory saying that they will they'll they'll address this. We'll keep at it, but there's a lot of legal uh, things that come come along with these houses, especially when somebody's on them. But I can reassure you, um, we, we we are on top of it. We're, we're going to turn up the heat a little bit. I know somebody else was on top of you, so you better get on the other side. Okay, right. reverse. I got you. Okay, I got you. <laughs> It's like the it's like the third or fourth time that Alice has jabbed Alderman Sean Gregory over the video of uh, the alderman getting in a fight with somebody else and uh, well ending up on his back on the ground. Uh, so I think she said before you should look, take some boxing lessons and. Oh, boy. All right, that's your Council Roundup brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west.